What's up everyone? Today is Physio Monday. That's right, it's a thing, Physio Monday. We've moved our Physio Fridays to Monday because it's a better use of our time and of everybody in this group. So we've got Phil here. We're gonna be answering your questions on bunions and back pain and anything else starting with B. Foam rollers. Foam rollers as well, yes. What's up, everyone? If this is your first rodeo with the Unity Gym Tribe, my name is Yanni Bormeister. To my left is Phil White, uh, switched on physio, and over the table is Rad. Behind the mix is Richard. We are Unity Gym and the UMS system. If you want to know how we turn driven people into athletes, you can download any of our free blueprints. We update them regularly, and they are the key insights, the biggest lessons, the Ten Commandments, if you may. How is everyone? It's Monday morning. Yeah, I'm great. I had a great weekend. Yeah. yeah? It was really good. I feel good. I'm, I've still got a tiny little bit of a tickle in my throat, so I'll be coughing a little bit, but I am so much better than I was on Friday. damn corona cough. Yeah. I think I'm going to need to turn off the, um, the, the video in front of me because uh, after do, going to a uh, 30th on the weekend where you had to dress as your 18-year-old self, I shaved my beard off and just <laughs> seeing my face like this. Is, yeah. I was like, who's this dude sitting across the table? I know. I don't like someone know. that works here, but, but you know. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. Bizarro. I so, recognize this And guy. now I've got giant bloody rad flashyani behind me as well i'm feeling extra tiny in the background so <laughs> for all those podcast viewers you are listeners you are on the right uh medium to enjoy this because <laughs> this, this video is no good for me anyway yeah we're on our physio fridays now do it, sorry physio mondays god fridays just roll so easily off the tongue it's but it's gonna take a while thought we'd, uh, you yeah. know start off the week with physio mondays because often people are getting questions in where you know it's holding them back from getting stuck into their trainings i thought if we can just start the week week off right with a bit of uh, you know injury advice and 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 performance advice and when you can uh, tackle the week with mm-hmm. a happy body um so to there's a couple of, there's two questions we're going to talk about where people are asking about massage guns like theraguns versus foam rollers so i thought that would be um a good way to probably start and we've got uh, a few other questions on um a guy with a, a bunion and a history of hernias and um, so there's a, a, a few things to get in here but if you have any questions for me or the guys then definitely get in early because yeah it's always hard when we're just about to finish and then we get a whole bunch of questions yeah that's right that's right get them in early we understand you that, that how your brain works though and things get triggered by the conversation you go oh well, maybe they could yeah. help me with this you know yeah, do it uh, now. Do but it now. Um, you know <laughs> Morning, Erica. Do it, do it, do it now. Erica on the live stream. Anyone who's on the live stream, let us know uh, that you're watching and that you uh, that you care. Yeah. And where in the world? What time is it? Where in the world? What staying time up is all it? night to watch yeah, us? Yeah, that's right. That's Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, look, let's uh, let's kick things off with the discussion about foam rollers because we use a lot of foam rollers in and massage balls in yes. our. Uh, in our 18 minute routine, uh, I think we use them in the UMS quite a bit too, especially on um, on leg day when we're doing pec releases and things like that. And I had a couple of people ask a, uh, a valid question, you know, that if they've invested in a Theragun or a massage gun, there's lots of different brands. I'm gonna yeah. use Theragun as the main one because that's the one we have and they're the best, they're the original. Uh, yeah, we have a, a question here from Jorge L. Burgess who's basically asking, can he substitute a Theragun in um, for the massage ball slash um, foam roller? And then also one from uh, Rishikesh Tabara who's asked, he's considering buying one and what's advice like massage gun versus foam rollers? Um, yeah, so. well, the first thing I'll say to that is that they're very, very different on the spectrum of cost 
versus reward. Yep. <laughs> the the good massage guns uh, in AUD Australian dollars are upwards of eight hundred bucks. Um, so you, you're making a substantial investment. And my advice is um, it's a very nice to have, but it's not an essential. Not. It's definitely not an essential. And the other thing is that there is this notion that you can get a massage gun and then you can massage yourself. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Uh, you will need someone else to hit the spots that you can't get. Like they're good, they're good for forearms and quadriceps and calves, but ab above that, they're not really Basically that comes down to where you can reach and wow. where, you, where you can relax and, and reach. And that just to start off this discussion with like, you know, the, the foam rollers and massage balls are used in um, these programs because it often makes people feel a whole lot better. Um, but in terms of, I guess, the, um, you know, like if it's an absolute essential, if you're going to choose like your time between, uh, you know, strength, flexibility or foam rolling, like unless you're just can't handle anything else but to get through the day with a bit of foam rolling like there's you should definitely be like the focus is on the the actual strength work and the actual um flexibility really training right. because there's you know massage like as i you know if you guys have heard me talk before like I, my background is a massage therapist but as i've learned more through my sports science my physio degree like it really isn't going to be the long-term answer to your um uh, issues like it's it's got to come from your active approach to training so yeah um, just to get that sort of out in the open first, like I think that's a really important way. But um, asking specifically for the mobility mask class and 18 minute stretch routine, then um, yeah, I think exactly what Yanni is saying, like it's gotta be about, um, you know, frame rollers are so useful for, um, you know, being able to get to your back, to the back of your legs. If you're doing it with a um, Theragun, you're gonna be in some <laughs> pretty awkward positions and a lot of it is about being able to relax into these positions. So unless you've got someone who's willing to. That's exactly right. And you know, you're using your body weight as the tool to apply the pressure and load. And that means that you can literally relax into it. You know, whereas with the Theragun, you're gonna be trying to get to these positions. Now that it's different, and Rad made this point before, it's different if you've got, if you can lay on a massage table and get someone else to do the gun for you or lay on the floor and get um, someone else to do the gun for you. Uh, as I said, I really like the Theragun for my forearms, biceps, my quads and calves, uh, but I don't use it for much else. Maybe a little bit on the, on the shoulder or the neck. Uh, but you know, the thing is, there's a there's a there's a lot of different reasons why we use foam rollers and and massage balls. The pec minor release is a very specific one where you you part of it is the pressure, and 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 part of it is the massage. But the other part is the ro rotation and the arm position, and that's going to be hard to sort of maintain, and do and have the same effect as what your body can can do can replicate when you're sort of standing and using a massage gun at the same time. So. Um, I, I don't think that the massage gun is a good substitute for the, the, the massage ball or the foam roller. And those massage balls on eBay or Amazon, they're like four bucks. You it's know, not they're even close. Then it's not a substitute at all. Yeah. No. It's a completely different experience. And I think that um, it's, I think, I reckon this talk can be summed up really easily for me, which is it's like supplements. If somebody said a supplement's good, I'd say, yeah, they're great if you're doing everything else right. Like if, you, if, yeah. you, if you're nailing everything else and your nutrition's good and your training's good and you're looking for the icing on the cake, then supplements, the, the right supplements, are, are really yeah, a Rad's good option. talking about nutrition supplements. Nutritional supplements, yeah, yeah. you know, like creatine and protein and glutamine, things yeah. like that. Um, and the same thing with foam rollers and, and massage guns and, and massage balls. They're really, really good. But, but man, like it's like what Phil said. Like if you're, 
you need to be getting everything else right first. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't be, you need to be stretching, doing cardio exercise, doing strength training first and making sure that you're ticking those boxes. And then if you've got a little bit more time and you can do some of this stuff, then by all means do it. And I do it and love it, but I train for hours every yeah. day. So I'm ticking all those boxes already. Yeah. yeah, it's how I explain my whole approach to physio basically is like thinking about a pyramid. And unless you're getting the bottom parts of the pyramid, which is uh, basically like a diagnosis and education around that diagnosis, um, you know, what you can and can't sort of do with confidence and your likely prognosis that also what would happen if you're too your recovery if you did nothing as well like i think that's yeah. a really important thing that people sort of miss is when they go see a physio they get locked into this treatment whereas <coughs> if they just went about the day and uh you know yeah. didn't get any treatment they would get better in you know the same yeah. amount of time to the same level so that's kind of my basis of like that's the base of the pyramid and then on top of that you start adding active approaches so particularly strength and um, technique and then um, you know if flexibility is appropriate and like put it in there as well and then if you're doing all of that right and then you, you know you're, you're happy and willing to get coming back then maybe you know you might get a massage or some manual therapy but I yeah. think the year I've worked here, I've maybe had a physio patients, probably about three people who've ended up getting to that point because most people are just happy. Like, okay, sweet. Now I know what I can do. I can do for myself. <laughs> then, and you understand the kind of diminishing returns of coming in for something that's not going to have a, a long-term yeah. impact. Then yeah. I mean, now, that's just so key to understand. Now, saying that, I want to make something very, very clear about the 18-minute stretch routine as to what the foam rolling is doing because the foam rolling is done first in the 18-minute stretch routine. It's and it's a part of the preparation for stretching. A lot of people, one of the main benefits of foam rolling is that it raises your, your discomfort or pain threshold. So when you apply that pressure to the muscles, your body is becoming conditioned to discomfort. And stretching for a lot of people is very, very uncomfortable. The other thing is that that so the routine, uh, fancy mechanism, like name for that, it's the uh, diffuse noxious inhibitory control, which is basically go. flooding your <laughs> flooding your it. senses, like your um, yeah, basically your your nerve senses with like a lot of information, where it starts to think like oh, oh well, I can't find that like. You know, it just like overrides the system basically Can and changes. Can you say that again? Diffuse noxious inhibitory control. There you go. The NIC. You heard there it here You heard it here first. So I, I would never have said that, <laughs> but I do know the, the science behind it. And it is very, very effective at this. And this is the other thing, okay? Just wait a sec, because I, I want to make three points here. So number one, the foam rolling is triggering the diffuse noxious inhibitory control mechanism in the body. Science, bitch. Number two, number two, it is a very grueling routine for someone who's not used to supporting their body weight in strange positions. Now, part of a really effective warm-up is body positioning drills. So when you're rolling around on that foam roller, and anyone who's not really adapt to the foam roller yet, you work up a sweat doing that. Like you're, you're, you're effectively doing a very important part of a warm-up process, which is to support your body in all those positions because you don't want to put all your weight on the foam roller when you're diffuse, noxious, inhibitory. <laughs> control system is kicking in because it'll be it'll be really uncomfortable a lot of people will feel like it's bruising you you know um, so you have to hold your body and you have to support yourself and that's really firing up your rotator cuffs it's really firing up your core muscles it's firing up all the stability um, mechanisms in your body and that's a really good thing because you're about to go into some pretty intense stretches hip rotations and 360 hip rotations and and squat um, routines and things like that and so we want want your core and all of those muscles nice and warm. We want the nervous system really switched on. We want you awake. We want you aroused, essentially, you know. So that foam rolling routine has its place. It's, it's a very important strategically positioned part of that warm up for your stretch routine. So there is no way that the Theragun is going to replace that. Boom. Yeah. Mic drop. Love it. 
Also, yeah, I use th- uh, frame rollers loads for um, thoracic extension, rotation drills. Like, there's all sorts of stuff, pec opening stuff that you can do really nicely with a uh, frame roller that you just can't do with a theragun. That so, said, that that said, if you've got the time and you've got the money, I've found the theragun to be very, very useful to deal with aches and pains. Just don't do it. What was that? Body. There was someone on the group who had the um, the. Uh, the jigsaw, the jigsaw where they've put a like a massage attachment on a, a no that's contract. a real thing there's a there's a company that literally just converts a jigsaw they they give you a a, a conversion kit for your oh, jigsaw man. Just, yeah just like yeah. i just feel like the theragun must have some kind of like thing where it kicks into like you know it, it actually does it has a uh it has a cutout at, at least the one that we've got has a cutout with 30 kilos of pressure yeah, on it which i have so it might just uh yeah the jigsaw might leave just, you in a bit oh, bad place. Like, like there's yeah there's, anyway. there's, there's a bit of, there's a bit <laughs> of silliness <laughs> going on in the world that person did in the group yeah, yeah. that's right so so th- that's what we want you guys to understand okay it's a great question and the theragun has certainly has its place in your training toolkit but uh it's it's definitely not going to replace a foam roller and i don't believe it replaces the massage ball for the pec minor release either uh, it's very hard to give yourself a self-massage relaxed and the those tools that we use we use strategically because we found that they work a little bit better at doing that nice. um, and as we said uh, as phil made very clear before we came on this show nothing is going to flush your system uh, like a brisk walk or a good workout yeah it's so just one of the things that people sometimes talk about with foam rolling is like it it's uh, lymphatic drainage and yeah and blood like, flushing blood, and like blood flow stuff it's it's so often the case that people get really into like oh you know like it, it's the same with um uh, floss it, like the flossing with the the floss bands, like it's you know pushing blood through the area. But really, like when you look at circulation, like your body's one big pump, and if you go for a walk, you will pump blood around your system. So um, yeah, basically, yeah, same with massage as well. Anyway, yeah. so we'll go on. We'll talk about um, William here, who's got stuck into the eighteen minute stretch program, which after two days has started sorting out some of his lower back pain and upper back pain, which is great. Um, but he's still still having with the three hundred sixty degree hip movement and all these shoulder stretches, but. Um, sure will come over time. And yeah, the thing he said he's getting in, um, stuck into the foundation program as well, which I think is just, yeah, a really good example of someone doing, uh, taking the right approach of like, like the 18 minute stretch program is great to kind of warm you up into things, but yeah, it's going to come down to strength long-term about what's going to um, sort you out. But with a 360 degree hip movement, um, that's something that people often have a bit of uh, grief with. So um, yeah, definitely just Take, take your time with it. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, w- um, William on this one and, and for everyone else listening, um, I don't want people to think that you're going to get a, an amazing result like William is in two days because that's a very short time frame. But for someone who's not moved a lot, that routine will be revolutionary for you. Like it really will. The, the um, uh, I mean, I just I had a conversation with one of our star pupils this morning, Lockie, who's been on the, sh- on the podcast before as our member of the month. Uh, and also the ultimate athlete for last year. And um, he came to us with serious back problems, you know, uh, like really bad back problems. He was seeing a physio once a week and, and he had been dealing with that for quite some time. And this morning he just said, man, I cannot believe how flexible I am now. I, uh, his face is on the floor and his pancake. He's just, 
an absolute beast. And we had to talk about how liberating it is to uh, d- develop like true flexibility, not just not just being able to warm up and then do a demonstrate a nice stretch to someone in the hamstring, but to be able to demonstrate the use of that f- mobility and flexibility under load. It's a very different story. We talked about that on Friday's show, the, the concept of end range strength. So uh, I, yeah, I really urge you guys to, to invest some time in this. You know, if you don't know how to do it, then Grab the 18-minute routine. That's a great start. Or um, our Mobility Masterclass, which is on sale, <coughs> I think, I believe, still today. It is today. still for another, for another 24 hours. Man, I'd be grabbing that. Um, yeah, the, uh, it's, it's all just about exposure, right? I, it's funny. Um, some people uh, often will look at me and, and give me this, like, oh, my God, I just don't know what I have to do and how am I ever going to get better? And I, there's a part of me that just laughs because I think – you are so lucky that I've put all this together for you to follow because I figured it out for myself. Yeah. I didn't have anyone giving me the the programs that give the results that we do. We had to get a piece of this and think, oh, I wonder how that'll work if we do it daily and, and put all these things together and tr- and experiment for years to go, well, that actually works better than that. Let's, let's put that into a program. And it wasn't until we got to this point where we're like, wow, this produces results with lots and lots of people. Let's package it and, and give it to the masses. Yep. So it's just a matter of, of getting the routines and just doing it daily, daily, daily. So yeah, the 360 hip mobility, some people suck at it, man. They suck. And you've just got to play around with it. You know, yeah. do it. People ask, oh, should I do it before and after my workout? If you've got the time, do it for sure. If you've yeah. got the time, do it morning and night. Honestly, a little bit of mobility, a little bit of movement is, uh, I mean, I get up from my desk every time I think of it. I think of it and I get up and I do like a little bit of 360 hip mobility, a little bit of hanging, a little bit of squatting, just something to get my body out of this horrible seated position you know yeah uh, and that's what it's all about it's just about more more and more gradual exposure yeah and you'll absolutely. get better absolutely uh, just quickly for mark schroeder before we go on um he's asked a question which we we're talking about this morning i may have missed this why have the morning routines been made private i'll answer that very quickly mark because they made an absolute mess of our youtube channel um people who are searching for stuff on the youtube channel weren't searching for those at-home workouts i know that it's uh uh, a little bit frustrating for people who were in into those um, routines, but that was a, a temporary sort of solution to support people during the COVID lockdown over here. Um, and quite honestly, initially, they were only going to stream live to our gym members because our gym members needed a solution to train. And we made a huge decision to stream them live to YouTube to make the content available to everyone because we have such an amazing tribe here at Unity Gym who were happy to pay their membership uh, still and uh, and allow us to give the workout away for free to everyone else. Um, but now we want to tidy up our, our YouTube channel again and get back on track with the content that, we, that we're usually producing and we don't want it diluted with all of those at-home workouts, which are a, a very repetitive sort of thing um, yeah, for people who aren't looking for it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. So we just left one week up there of a uh, phase three peak week so that people that have never seen it before can come in and have a look and, and see what they're like. But yeah, it was that YouTube channel was never meant to be a, a whole program of, of, of workouts to do. It's, uh, it's individual videos to answer people's questions and, and, and give people you know insights into what it is that they need. So if anybody still wants those workouts and those programs, you can grab them. There's a link in any of those videos and you can get uh, all three phase one, two and three workouts. Yeah. Nice. Uh, cool. So we'll just answer Mike Sims questions here about um, his bunion. So he said, uh, 
a bunion on his right uh, foot. Big toe is bent sideways. So for anyone who doesn't know what a bunion is, basically, yeah, you get this big lump on the side of your foot where your toe starts, your big toe starts heading towards your little toe. Um, I've been doing bodyweight exercises for a long time, pushing through pain. I saw your emails about not pushing through pain. I've had three hernias and haven't lifted weights in a while. I'm 55, and what can I do for a bunion? Um, yeah, it's definitely with bunions. It's just something you want to talk to a good podiatrist who knows what they're talking about with because there's all sorts of stuff you can do with like spaces and whatever but generally by the time you're 55 they're pretty sort of locked in um mm -hmm. often why they develop is coming from uh if you're if you kind of grew up wearing shoes that were quite small for you and that starts to just push your big toe a bit also people who um, walk with sort of like the duck feet where they um you end up being quite externally rotated through your hips and then each time you toe off instead of towing off like um, yeah, straight down the middle of your foot, you yeah, start cutting yeah, off right. to the side, and then yeah, that, that just sense. like impacts the um, yep. the big toe and pushes it towards the little toe. So that's kind of why it starts. So for anyone out there who doesn't want to get them, wear shoes that have plenty of space in the toe box, and also um, yeah, just be aware of your walking. Stride, and yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So which is pretty going to be pretty pretty hard to reverse once you get to that point. Where yeah, so at fifty five, it's pretty um, tough to go through there. So that's kind of when it comes down to choosing when to train through pain and when not to. Um, basically, the thing you want to think about is like how to like how much the pain is it tolerable, and is that going to have like a poor long term you know effect on you? And definitely, if you feel pain while you're doing it, and the next day it's still sore, or later in that day you find you can't walk quite as well because you've aggravated it from um, you know. Uh, putting weight through that bunion, then that's maybe a reason to back it off and find some different ways of doing um, the exercises. But if it's tolerable pain, it's not changing your sort of pain long term, you haven't noticed any, like you've been doing it for a while um, and you haven't noticed any change, then the trade off from a little bit of like temporary pain for the benefit of getting exercise, it's gonna make the rest of your body stronger. Um, yeah, that's the kind of decision you'd make. And you might just look at wearing some uh, like stiff toed shoes while you do these exercises just to take off some of that pain it could be a, a temp like a, a measure to you know if you're doing a push-up just like i don't know put some old like school shoe style or office yeah. shoes that are like or steel, steel cap boots yeah Boom. yeah seriously yeah. like that could be a way of just getting um through the training without yep. aggravating it so yeah, cool maybe a tip. good pair of squatters they're usually pretty well pretty supported mm. the adidas squatters have a wider uh foot yeah base, but yeah look base. at getting some wide toe box stuff they're like the um you know, Vivo barefoot shoes are really the, great. The Fayus are really good for that. Yeah. The Fayus yeah. have a really, really wide um, yeah, toe base. Yeah. I've got, a and really they're very wide. well protected with that whole rubber um, yeah. sole at the end. Yeah, I don't think anybody saw that. But I know. Oh, I was trying to show Phil. <laughs> yeah, I got hooked on the table. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, so we're running out of time, boys. Have we got any more physio questions to answer? Uh, yeah, there's a big one from Kylie Grimson about... Um, they almost got it. They almost <laughs> saw it. <laughs> uh, she's a horse rider with tight hip flexors, which I think tight hip flexors is one of those things that people love to be kind of blamed for the, all their problems. Um, so they're, they're all my problems caused yeah. from tight hip flexors. Fuck. Well, yeah, that's the kind of thing about <laughs> like... That's kind of one of the points I wanted to make about tight hip flexors where people, you know, say that's like the reason for, you know, anterior pelvic tilt. And, um, but for someone like you, when you do hip flexor stretches, like you have good like length and mobility, yeah. you can do some stuff. Like you wouldn't be able to get into those front, like the front splits like you do yeah. if you had like tight hip flexors. Yeah. So a lot of these kind of bony, like structural sort of change stuff is, is not always just as simple as this muscle is tight, therefore it pulls my body into a certain position. So I think people just like, because yeah, I mean, the way that you do the front splits, if you're truly tight, like you would, <laughs> you know, you wouldn't be getting anywhere close. So I think it's just a really important thing to understand is like, it, <coughs> I think postural stuff related to tight muscles has been really oversimplified over the years. So don't let it kind of um, 
be your entire focus for someone who's got lower back pain i'd be really encouraging like you know strengthen the muscles that strengthen up your back like don't only just spend your whole time doing like lunge stretches everybody yeah. seems to think that if you've got a sore back then the issue is to stretch it out yeah and this is a- <laughs> more often than not it's it's due to weakness isn't it i mean yeah. you know stretching's a part of it for sure yeah. the thing I, the I, balance, I um uh, what's her name uh kylie grimson kylie i was a horse rider myself uh that's how i um broke my back <laughs> falling off a horse um the 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 posture that you're mm. taught to sit in you have to sit up heels down uh drive your heels down into the stirrups and you do sit into an anterior pelvic tilt so your hip flexors are very shortened and because you're gripping also you're holding on to yeah. the horse with your legs your adductors uh and hip flexors are often overworked um yeah. horse and riding it's so one of those things you have to be like so sort of bolt up it's it's that same issue where people who get really like full on about their posture and they try and be so bolt upright. We call them overextenders where they actually cause back pain from trying to be so upright in that yeah. sort of good posture, which really, you know, is. Well, you can't, the, th- the problem is you yeah. cannot slouch and relax no, on the exactly. horse. You'll, so, you'll, you'll completely So yeah, just what I'm saying is off. it's more of like yeah. a, like a muscular endurance and facet joint That's sort right. of like yep. jamming is probably the issue rather than tight flexes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there, there you go. So it, w- it would be very beneficial for you to just really strengthen. Which is what she's going to be doing because she's got, she's crazily signed herself up for both the 16 kilometer and the five kilometer Tough Mudder in November and wants to uh, be able to do a muscle up before Tough, tough Mudder to be able to take on the obstacle course and do a handstand before the end of the year. So she's got some big strength goals and my only advice is like if you're trying to get to, yeah, do a 5k and a 16k Tough Mudder plus do all that stuff like load management is going to be something you need to get right because otherwise you will burn yourself out into yourself before you get there and so. for, for god's sake build a solid foundation yeah. because you're um you're yeah practicing for, for for movements and 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 things like that it's really good to set big audacious goals but um you want to make sure that you've you've yeah, done so, the so groundwork she, she wants to know where she should start she's trying to incorporate this 18 minute stretch routine but basically yeah you've got to like I'd spend a bit of time doing the foundation program. You need the foundation yeah, program. Yeah, 100%. If you want to know where to start, then yeah, you need, 100%. To, you need, to, you need build to build You need to build a foundation of solid strength. Yeah. Uh, you need to bulletproof your your body. Um, and then, yeah, and on top of that, like if you're doing an 18, a 16 kilometer and 5K Tough Mudder, you're going to be running a lot. And so I'd start like gradually exposing your body to running as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that might even be just like running around the block once and then running yeah. around the block twice and yeah. then three times. Yeah. yeah. And, and building that up. The other thing with Tough Mudder, all of those uh, obstacles, every single one of them, the thing that's going to make every single one of them easier or even easy in general is to develop your grip strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, because every single one of them requires you to grip and, and support and climb something and your grip will carry over to every single one of those obstacles. So I would just be doubling down on forearm, bicep, tricep and grip pinching and crushing strength, all of which are covered in, in the foundations, foundations program. program yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, just quickly, Lee Clements uh, saying he's got bunions from flat feet and yeah, that's similar to that idea that I was talking about where basically instead of rolling through off your front foot, if you have like a fairly active, strong arch, um, then you maintain that sort of nice foot position, which then takes you uh, par- like straight down your foot and <laughs> off your big toe. Whereas if you have flat feet, often you do get that rolling in, the t- toes sort of out and then um, coming in sideways. So yeah, certainly foot and toe exercises to help maintain that arch is great. So nice one there, Lee. Awesome. 
Cool. Rock on. Fizzy well, Monday. We're you done. heard it here first. Man, uh, we, we had some noxious intellectual um, <laughs> discussion there. Yep. Um, diffuse noxious or just regular noxious? Diffuse noxious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yep. Uh, Physio Monday, guys. It's a thing. So tune in and... Uh, Start your week right. Yeah, tune in tomorrow. We are coming up with some cracking content for you this week. As always, we will see you in about 23 hours. It's about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. We'll start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's going to get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. The gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.